Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of The Dating Dossier. And today we have something fun going on. This is as close to a live episode as we're going to get until I know what I'm doing more because we are talking to Brandon today, the day that the episode will drop. And I don't think I told you that, Brandon, but I'm going to publish this episode after we're done. So don't make any mistakes because I'm not going to edit just to put you on the spot. Um, so yeah, that's going to be fun. But we are talking to Brandon today. So Brandon, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Hello everyone. My name is Brandon. I've known Jillian for a little while, quite a bit of time, way back in North Carolina. And we'll get a little bit over that. Yep. You know businessman entrepreneur you know everything cool yeah all right Every, yeah five years I think we've known each other five years because we met in 2015 that's so long oh that is that's a while I know <laughs> um but yes so we met in North Carolina and how did we meet Brandon if you'd like to share with the class Oh, we met at this amazing, wonderful, cool job that definitely wasn't a scam trying to get us to do slave labor for nothing. Um, no, it was minimum wage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very minimum for maximum amount. We spent more money on gas than we did from getting from them. It was like negative. Yes. Negative return. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I... So I like hinted at this story on the podcast before, like I moved to North Carolina the August after graduation um, for what I thought was this great opportunity and they sold me on it hook, line and sinker. And so I moved to Raleigh. I start, it was in um, August. I think it was like the end of August. I start, did we start on the same day? Uh, I swear you I think we did, or you were there like a day before or something. Okay. I can't remember. I can't remember either. I know we were definitely like, um, like grouped together as the new people, but I don't know if we started in the same day because there was like a couple other girls there too. And one girl quit before I did. Mm -hmm. And what I can tell you guys is that this little scam called Vanguard (laughs) events, we're going to call it Scam Guard events. um, (laughs) Basically, People are in and out so much that they hired on the daily. I was like, so what is the actual work? Because I see one person calling a ton of people every day and we're always getting new people in. Mm -hmm. So that's why it may be hard for us to keep track of who was in there and how long and when. Because it was a legit scam. So like how the day would work is we would meet in this little shitty office in Raleigh in this like office park from the 70s or 80s and there were no chairs in there we'd have to stand up for our team meeting because we had to get energized and then we would have our little cult rituals um where we would do chants and cheers and we also played red rover one time yep in our Mm -hmm. blazers because we had to wear like professional attire that was the mental manipulation. They they basically put you in uh, something really nice. So you felt like a professional. You felt like it was legit, but mm-hmm. it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, and then we would take notes. We learned lipstick the pig. I'll never yeah. forget. 
yep. lipstick Lip the pig. Um, and like you want no's and like every no is a step closer to a yes. I mean, essentially it's also training for a pyramid scam or a pyramid scheme. Like it's very similar to like every no is closer to a yes, but we would meet and stand and have these meetings. And then we would drive to a Sam's club and we would, I specifically, the one I, I was at would be stationed in the bread aisle for whatever reason, selling mm-hmm. lotion from the quote unquote dead sea. And we would literally be standing there for, I don't know, 12 hours. It was, we would meet at the office every morning and then we would also have a meeting at night. So you were talking to these people from 8 a.m. until 9 p.m. Like we were never, and we also did not get weekends off. I remember I quit in like two weeks, but I quit on my first day off since I started. And it was, it was like two or three weeks. Yes. Yes. Um, No days off. Yeah. And, And the thing is like, they get you in there and you go into Sam's club, you talk to people. It's basically you're the kiosk people. So those poor kiosk people that you mm-hmm. see in the Sam's clubs and targets and uh, big places like that, you know, they're, they're working for slave labor half mm-hmm. the time, unless they have the actual Sam's club, like uniform on. So, yeah. We had like these fake doctor smocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're part of, they're part of a little pyramid scheme. The poor, poor people just, just tell them it's a scheme. I, I eventually went back to a Sam's club and saw some people there and I was like, look guy, I've done what you, what you're doing right now. I know about the little offices and all that stuff. Just leave. It's not even worth your time. Don't waste your time. They were like, what? They're like, how how do you know? I was like, I did it. (laughs) Well, and I mean, I quit and got a job at Ulta. Like I just, the day I quit, I just walked into every retail store around because I'd already signed a lease. So I had to stay in Raleigh. So I just walked into retail stores and I made more money working part-time at Ulta um, than I did there working 12 hours a day for I always say I quit after 21. I think I worked 21 days straight. And on the 22nd day, it was my first day off and I quit. <laughs> like, but oh. you stayed there. You stayed there until you were starving to death. You yeah, stayed there I, so I, long. I, and I was like, Brandon, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. I, I was literally starving to death. I lost a lot of weight. Didn't have enough to eat. And I'm like, then I looked around. I had to look around the office and saw who actually stayed. Um, the majority of people who were there were living with somebody else. Who and, worked there. Uh, yeah, who also worked there. And mm-hmm. they were basically living off of ramen noodles together. Or the pierogies that we sold. Exactly. Oh, yeah. That's, yep. So I was selling pierogies. That's how I was surviving. I was like, give me give me these pierogies. I'm about to eat a little bit to, uh, to survive. So what you, so I looked around the office. I saw what was going on. And one of the little girls secretly was staying with the manager and not letting people know and I was like hmm so if she can't even afford to pay this girl enough for her to live on her own that she's having her live with her I don't think I won't be here and one of the biggest things that that made me actually say oh I got to get out of here is whenever I realized I'm like hold on I did all this work and I was supposed to get this commission mm-hmm. but it went to my my whatever they call them the different levels so my superior, my commission went to him and I was already missing 
some hours on my check and whatnot. I'm like, so I'm missing check money and you're giving my commission to him. So yeah, this seems like I could sue you, but you know what? I'd rather just leave. So on my last day, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to sit here, relax. I'm going to go around, look at the shops and just say, all right, time for me to go on an interview in between this time. So I went there, I went on interview, got another job and just left. Just never talked to her again. <laughs> I said, I, wasn't her name was Meg, right? Yeah. If, yeah. Meg with whatever last name and she changed it. She did. So, yeah. She changed her last name. Basically she changes her name so that she can't be tracked. It was weird. Cause I saw her like on two different, like, uh, LinkedIn accounts. And I was like, what are you doing? And it's not because she got married. Like she was legit changing her name because they would change the name of the company too. Because as soon as they got too many ratings on Glassdoor or Better Business Bureau, they just changed the name of the company and they moved to a different office. Like, um, I think you're the one who sent me that article on Devil Core companies. Yes. And so, that's literally what it is. So if you ever feel like something's wrong with your company, it seems like a cult and they're not really doing anything right. Look up Devil Court if it seems like a pyramid scheme um, because that is legit what it was. It was what you call a Devil Court. So look it up, check it out, and never fall for that scam again. There's plenty it, of scams out there, but that one that one's pretty bad. It sounds crazy, like especially when you read it, but it's literally like described what we like. It seemed like somebody was in our office and then just wrote down what we were doing, and then wrote that article. But do you remember I was like um, the rising star, the golden star? I don't know. I got some kind of recognition like right before I quit, and Meg was yes. so upset that I quit, like. Yes, she like she got upset that I quit too. I was like, yeah, because you were there for you were like the longest tenured person by that point. Two, like I think I was there like two months. I was like, this is no, never, never. You made me quit a legit job for this nonsense with your promises of lies and just nonsense. I know. I moved to another state for that job, which I mean, that was on me. And I know it sounds crazy but they ha- they have people write the glass door reviews so if you that's why they keep changing the company name so if you research them you can't find the bad reviews um until they change their name and then they have a new name and then they go in and write their own reviews so you see these companies and they just seem like small startups and yeah. they sell you hook line and sinker um, and they're very careful about the wording and their offer letters and everything else they they know what they're doing they've been around for a long time. So, so this is how, you know, they know what they're doing. Um, whenever somebody quits, they tell you, they tell you to excommunicate yourself with that person. Never talk to them again. Yep. Just like delete their phone number. Like we don't talk to that person anymore. We don't even speak of them in the office and do not talk to them. If you talk to them, you can leave with them basically. Well, they say, they say, if they contact you, let us know, we'll take care of it. Yeah, exactly. And, and it, like, makes you think, it makes you think like, oh yeah, that person was like, they were just really unhappy. Like that's on them. Like mm-hmm. it's totally like, and they keep you exhausted because you have these stupid phone calls until 10 o'clock at night and you have to be at the office like before 8 a.m. So like they just keep you exhausted and you're starving because remember we could only take our lunch break in increments of 15 minutes. Exactly. So I would just yeah. go sit in my car and cry and then come back in. 
Oh my gosh. It, 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 you know what, guys? It, it was a terrible time. That's all we have to say. But luckily enough, I don't listen to stupid advice and dumb authority. So I, I kept in contact with Jillian over here. That's true. So, yep. And I was so. like, um, you should leave that job. Um, as soon as like when I got out, but yeah, we, we stayed friends and we stayed friends the entire time I lived in North Carolina and we are still friends, even though I've moved back, but you also moved away in North Carolina. You didn't live in Raleigh. You went to Greenville. Yeah. I went to Greenville and I lived there for quite a while up until Jillian moved actually. Moved back oh yeah. To- I just recently moved to New Bern. Oh Yeah. New Bern. I have family in New Bern. Really? Um, Come and visit, man. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, yeah, John and Jimmy. Um, but yeah, so that's how we know each other. That's a job that, um, I mean, it did like really affect me. Like that was my first job out of college. Um, and so it, it obviously kind of affected me and started a yeah. snowball effect of some not great jobs because it was like taking them out of desperation to get out of the situation um but it made for an interesting story that I used to my advantage and that's that was one of the things that prompted me not I didn't think of a podcast right away but that job is what made me want to be like a motivational speaker kind of thing and go back and talk to college students and be like be on the lookout for these things like it's mm-hmm. kind of what started my brain being like, that's something I want to do is like motivational speaking. And then it kind of evolved to podcasting. And then my dating experiences, I was like, I just want to like put my bad experiences out there. So other people don't have to do what I did because I would give a lot to have not done the things that I did. Like, <laughs> um, exactly. So if I can prevent any other poor souls from experiencing both scam jobs and terrible dating, then I'm going to do everything I can to make that happen. So, I mean, I blame Vanguard for a lot, but it also gets some credit for getting me kind of where I am now, as do I think a lot of our shitty experiences. Yeah, I I can agree with that because I feel like I learned how to sell myself more than anything else. 100%. Running from these random strangers, like just not, oh, oh, it's just terrible, terrible time. Literally, when we were selling the lotion, we had to take lotion, go up to people and say, hey, uh, we would say, hey, check it out and hold out our arm and then be like, can I see your arm really quick? Um, and be like, do you know how many facials dermatologists recommend that you get? You wouldn't believe it. It's two a month. I still remember the sh- stupid oh spiels. Oh my God. But when we were selling the lotion, we literally had to like, they were like touch people, which I mean, I was what, 22 at the time. It was my first job. Like I was like, okay, whatever you say, captain. Um, but now I would be like, heck no, I'm not touching anybody. Not like COVID aside. I would be like, I'm not touching anybody. Like you cannot tell me to touch another person for my job. Um, we were prostitutes, but, um, you're totally right. I, if you can sell lotion in the bread aisle at a Sam's club, you can sure as hell sell yourself. Like you could do it. If you could do that job, I feel like you can do anything. I really, I mean, I was, sell, I was selling freaking car wax with a microphone doing a whole entire <laughs> show. It was a legit show. They called it a showcase. And like, like we had a yell on the microphone and but in 15 minutes, come to the show and ow, blah, 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 15 minutes. And 
man, I was selling. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pretend I'm an actor and I'm on stage and we're yes. just going to have fun with this nonsense. It's like it turns into out-of-body experiences. Oh, yes. Also yes. because your feet hurt so bad. I remember one time, who was Melanie? Was it Melanie was our? Yes. yes. I was. I told her I had to go to Target after to go get dog food or something. She was like, okay, I'll go with you. And I was like, no, I want you to leave me alone. Like I want to be able to go to Target. And my feet were like covered in blisters because we'd been um, standing for 12 hours. And she was like, "Um, you can ride around in a wheelchair. And I was like, Melanie, I don't want to ride around in a wheelchair in Target. Like I don't even want to be in Target with you. Like nightmare fuel, man. (laughs) She was so, she was, she was a she was definitely brainwashed as they came. I swear. Oh, she, was she... Super happy and just like, no, we don't talk to that person. Like smiling, big bright eyes. Like stop looking at me. She she was, yeah. She'd been she was like hypnotized every night when yes. she went home. Yes. Uh, I wonder if she ever get out because I did like her. She was sweet. Yeah, um, was sweet. Meg Meg was unfortunately I think kind of evil, but definitely. Uh, Cause she, she didn't care. She's like, I don't care that y'all can't eat. I'm trying to get another dog and go home at 10 o'clock every day. Mm-hmm. Oh, terrible, terrible times. <sighs> but so that's how we know each other. That's what we've been through. So, um, which I just, I, I was like, we have to share that because I always refer to my scam job, but, um, I think some folks have heard me talk about it, but not everyone. That's what I'm talking about. It was literally a scam, and I'm not the only one who fell for it. So don't bully me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're just optimistic people. We just have yeah. the, the best hope in what's going to go on in life. Exactly. Exactly. We always we trust people, and that's how you should be. Um, but I guess speaking of trust, talking about dating, I know a lot of it. So I st- I talked to Brandon um all the time and a lot of the times I'm talking to him for him to talk me off the ledge when I'm upset over dating and I feel like we have a lot of differing um I don't know if opinions is the right word but I'll tell you something that's going on and I'm upset over and you're like yeah you needed to run away from this situation like "Mm," the moment it started um (laughs) yes yes I think I think it's just that like from from uh, different perspectives. From my perspective, I like to look at it objectively. Like, what is like what's happening from an outside situation? If I see these two people interacting as if it's on a play or in a movie, what's going on in the other person's head? So, a lot of times, you gotta take yourself out of the situation. And for me, since Julian's my friend, I know how she thinks and how how nice she is. And I want to make sure that she isn't being taken advantage of. And uh, I want to see from the other person's perspective, what what do they gain? What do they want? And try to just understand and give her from my perspective how I see it. Yeah, because I, I feel like you're, you're super logical and also brutally honest, um, telling me like it is on a regular basis. And so I have to be like, stop being so mean to me. I know you're right, but... <laughs> I'm so sensitive. <laughs> no, but but I mean, trust me, a lot. Like I, I am pretty pretty blind. I never. I I was told that when I was younger, but I was like, no, nah, y'all y'all just y'all just think that because I'm just funny, you know. But then again, the older I get, I was like, yeah, people just say that more often. I guess that's how I am. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I guess that rings true too. Yeah, I, I'm how trying to be nicer. I'm trying to be more nicer with the things I say. Um. 
No, but I, I, appre- I appreciate it when you're, when you're honest. But um, I know that I gave you a little bit of homework. I didn't know that you would take it as homework, but you took it as homework. So since you did, um, talking about kind of like the red flags, and I know you mentioned before we hopped on here about red flags that you think people might not notice either early on or they don't acknowledge as a red flag. So I kind of want to talk about those. All right. Excellent. That's good because I got at least seven things. Okay. All right. May not notice as a red flag. Okay. All right. So, so one thing is we've all been to restaurants. You take that person on the date, you see how they interact with the wait staff. So, so a lot of times you can tell if the person's rude to them, that's because they, like a lot of people, the way they see wait staff, is they don't see them as, I guess, important. So if they feel like they're underneath them and they treat them with disrespect, uh, depending on if they get something wrong, because they don't, they don't feel like they have to impress the wait staff. So yeah. however they treat the wait staff is how they're going to probably treat you once they feel like they don't have to impress you anymore. So like after two or three months, or maybe even like a month or two after the – I guess the honeymoon phase dies down yeah. they feel like they don't have to be special or be the best version of themselves as they can be or whoever they're trying to look like. They're going to treat you just like they treated that white staff person. It's like, Oh, well, I don't like what you did. Like you may, you messed this order up. This is your fault. When in actuality, it, it wasn't the way it's fault. And they're being as nice as they can and do whatever they can do half the time. So however they're treating that person is how they're going to treat you most likely. Yeah. And, and I've, I've seen that from experience. It's, it's so funny that, uh, that I was like, man, I've been in this relationship five years and I've seen the way she treated other people. And I've seen the way she treats me. It's so mm-hmm. nice how she treats me, but man, is she brutal to other people? So whenever we got out of that relationship, I was like, there's no way we've been in this relationship for five years that she can just like be as emotionless, as soulless as she is towards everybody else. But at the end of the day, whenever the relationship ended and whenever it happened, it's exactly how she was. She treated me just like she treated everybody else. So that's what can happen. They'll treat you just like they treat everybody else. So you won't be aware of how do they treat others who they are not trying to impress. I, I like that, especially the caveat of who they're not trying to impress. Cause you're totally right. After the honeymoon, that's going to be you. Mm-hmm. And another, another one is look at the friends. Like mm. the thing is a lot of times, if you don't like the friends, there's a difference between, you know, one friend, you know, acting a little bit crazy, a little bit kooky, but if they have a group of friends and they're all very similar, but the person you're with, doesn't seem to be that way most likely they are because that's why they're their friends like me myself i know i hang out with a bunch of like nerdy people a bunch of more i I guess you'd say ambitious people more like people who are more college grad type like young young professionals that's the word i'm looking for more young professional more nerdy that kind of thing like that's who I am. Like I may be on one end of the spectrum, but overall that's who I am. I'm a young professional who is a bit nerdy, who thinks a little bit differently than most other people. 
So those are people who usually gravitate towards me. So you got to look around who's gravitating towards this person you're talking to. So what what's going on in their life to where they're surrounded by people? Like if you see a guy who has a bunch of like man whore friends, you know, <laughs> just like, oh, yeah, like, oh, yeah, I'm just a lady killer, all this and that and all that stuff. That's most likely how he is. Like you yeah. can just look around because – Either that's how he is or that's how he wants to be. And exactly. To be just like that person. So you want to you wanna look at it from, uh, from that perspective. Like, okay, so what's, what's going on in this person's life around them? And, oh, man, this, this, is, a, this is a big one. Okay. For you people who, uh, who do online dating, and, you know, they'll connect their Instagram posts or whatever to their, their profiles. Or you see them on Facebook and they have like a million pictures, 100,000 pictures. And they're trying to basically show a persona of who they are. But you got to imagine anybody who's traveling a lot, doing X, Y, or Z, they're living in the moment. They don't have time to take pictures of everything that they're doing. So instead of them living that moment, they're trying to show you that this is who they are, even though that isn't obviously not what's going on because there's a thousand pictures. You got to sit there and stop and do X, Y, or Z. And they're on social media a lot. That's a big red flag. If they're always on social media they're either telling what's going on in their life, using it as a diary because they want everybody to see what's going on. It might be a pity me type uh, Facebook, or it might be a let me show off I'm traveling, I'm exercising, I'm doing X, Y, or Z. But obviously, they, they aren't keeping in touch with who they really are because if they were, they'd just be living their life. It's better to not be on social media, to see somebody who's barely on it or, you know, use it every now and then for specific things rather than be on it all the time. Because if they're on it all the time, they're not living their life. They're trying to show a life that they're living or show a portion of the life. It's like whenever you're super engaged in social media, I mean, you have less time that you're spending on your real character rather than a character that you're trying to portray you know, I, I'm can agree with that because I mean, I go through phases like right now I'm in a phase where I've been posting a lot to social media, but then I go through phases where like, I don't post for months and months and months. And sometimes it's, it's like to my own detriment. I'm like, I don't even have a picture of that because I was living in the moment. Like I'm so bad for not having pictures of stuff because I was too busy living in the moment, but I'd rather have those memories than the times where I do like sit and um, like I took a selfie for the um, podcast the other day. I mean, it took me like an hour because I had like, I like put on makeup, like then I had to sit there and I'm not very good at selfies. So it took a long time and it just, I felt so dumb um, trying to do all that. And I'm like, I can't imagine trying to do this like in every event do you know what I'm saying like it took that long to get ready for like the one picture I liked and if you're out like hiking or whatever and then you spend an hour trying to take the perfect picture like that's an hour away from hiking now some people might be photogenic and it doesn't take them an hour to get a good photograph but that's not me I don't know what that's like so I just 
I'm not usually sitting there being like, okay, let me take forever to get the perfect picture. Um, I'd rather experience it. So I, I agree with, with what you're saying. Although I am also kind of called out a little bit because I've been posting a lot lately. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, it's, it's COVID time. There's nothing else people are doing, but like posting like memes and stuff, stuff they found on there. But, but what I'm saying, like, like whenever, whenever I, I lived in California, the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, California for like two and a half years. If you went on my Facebook in that time period, you would have never even thought I even lived in California or even visited there because I posted nothing. I barely posted anything because <laughs> I was living that crazy life there. And I had plenty of stories. A lot of times I'll look back and I'll be like, man, I forgot I did that crazy thing or that happened. But man, that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just going down the list of things. Is, yeah. uh, so, so if somebody that you're trying to talk to, you know, like, like everybody has secrets, like everybody, somebody's going to tell somebody a secret and be like, please don't tell anybody. If they're telling somebody else's secret to impress you or to, to make themselves look better, that tells you a couple of things. One, they're, they're insecure and they're trying to give somebody else's secret out to make themselves look better. Or, and two, that they can't hold a secret. If they're telling somebody else's secret, then how, how do you know they're, they're not going to tell any secrets you give them? Like, they're not really trustworthy if they're doing that, like, early on. That's, that's just not, that's, it's not a good look. And one, one, all right, so these, so these, these, I have three left, and these ones apply to so probably my most recent relationship. And like I said, I did a little bit of research and I was like, man, I should have, I should have seen all of these, all oh. of these, <laughs> these last ones, these last three. Um, so one is the person has a, a history of short relationships. Like, and it, it's not just, you know, like your, their lovers or whatever, like friends, they have, they don't have friends for too long. They don't have, or uh, they excommunicate their family. Like I understand that different things happen, you know, between friendships and families. But if it's a continuous thing, then obviously they they have relationship like issues. They don't know how to communicate properly, or how to reflect things like that. So you want to see like how, how are their, how are their past relationships? A lot of times, a lot of girls will ask, will ask me like, Oh, well, well, how's your relationship with your, you know, your mother or your, your father or whatever. I never understood why I was like, I was like, man, that's, that's a weird question. I'm like, well, it's all right. I mean, it's all good. I'm not, I'm not a detail type person, but then I realized I'm like, Oh, they're just trying to see like how my relationship interactions are. So with, the number one female in your life, usually your mother, like, how does that usually go about? So a lot of women will ask, oh, okay, so what's going on with your family? That's basically their indication of a red flag. That's a good way of pointing it out, seeing how their family life is, or seeing how they interact with them, whether they have, you know, like, angry at the family, or what's going on. And a big one, another big one is blaming everything on your ex mm. this is one yes 
this is one that I personally am always like, all right, so you can blame every single thing and you are the true victim, but what was your part? It takes a lot. I had to reflect on this myself at, at one point in my life. I'm like, cause I was, cause like I said, one, at one point in my life, I was in a five year relationship. So that was like the longest relationship I had been in at the time. And then we broke up. So I went on to another relationship and in that relationship, my expectations in my head were that everything is going to go the exact same way that they went before. So, so I was like, we weren't, we didn't do PDA and stuff like that in my previous, well, the five year one, but in the new one, what that relationship needed was that she wanted to be, you know, holding hands in public, kissing in public, stuff like that. But in my mind, I was like, oh, no, nah, that's like showing off in front of people. I, I don't do that. I don't do that. So it came to an end. And then I had to reflect on myself. I was like, I was like, wait a minute, why did this end? Like, whose fault was this? Was this their fault? Or was this my fault? Like, I was like, it's not all their fault. Part of that was my fault because I wasn't willing to change. So I had part in the blame. So I had to reflect on myself and see why the relationship ended. Because I knew it wasn't 100% them. And I knew it wasn't 100% me. But what was my part so I can learn from it? Because I always want to learn from every relationship and change and adjust accordingly. Whenever I figured that out, like, we were – we were talking again and everything was good, but I had to move out of California. That place is crazy. So we had a relationship there. That's a, that's a whole nother story. I got some stories about California. So if you, if you see the person doesn't have, whenever they talk about, you know, a past relationship and they say that everything was their ex's fault or they had no role, that means that they can't reflect on themselves and they can't, they didn't learn anything. So what's going to happen is since they don't take responsibility for their part of the relationship, because relationships happen over a period of time, things just don't all of a sudden change and one person's just all of a sudden bad. Right. Both people have a, a role and a part to play in it. So whenever they don't learn from it, guess what? That thing is going to happen in your relationship. Because if they did this in the previous one, it caused a rift and they start doing it again, and the next one, it's just going to keep continuing down the line. Yes, yeah, so because like, if they didn't learn from it, then they're, it's not recognized as a problem. Exactly. And if it's not a problem, then it's going to be somebody else's problem <laughs> the next time. <laughs> if, it's not, if it's still not their problem, it's going to be uh, your problem. It was their exactly. ex's problem, now it's your problem. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I, I've, been, I've been confronted with that too i was like i was like wait a minute hold on you said you keep bringing up this ex doing this thing and then you keep doing that thing i'm like hold on just because i did something similar and in not a negative way you go you went off on me like crazy i was like oh interesting so you're bringing your past into your present and you didn't learn your role like what portion was it that you didn't learn from and last but not least, this is one that everybody does uh, every now and then. Like you got to basically look at it for how it is. And it usually, it's usually whenever you're younger, you see the, you see the other person as perfect in the beginning. Yeah. Like you kind of start talking to people 
and you see them, you see them as, oh man, they're, they're wonderful, they're amazing. You put them on a pedestal and they're like this ungodly perfect type person, perfect for you, perfect in every way. Yeah. So you, I'm so guilty of that. <laughs> is this directed I, I, at me? Because you know I'm guilty of this. <laughs> that that so is you. That that is you. I'm like, Julia, no, no, that no, nobody's perfect. Just just slow it down. Open your eyes and look. Um, you're like I could find ten flaws with him right now. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um. So, so you want to, you want to look at the person and just, just slow it down. Cause a lot of times if you get to know the perfect person in your mind and not the person in front of you, you actually never learn that person. And whenever they do make a mistake or they aren't, you know, what you thought they were, you'll be shocked. You'll be like, Oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this or whatever. But in the end of the day, nobody's perfect. And you got to realize like what's going on with this person. Were we actually compatible or was I just putting them on a pedestal? and only saw what I wanted to see. Like that's, that's, a, that's a good one to always start off. Is this person as great as I think they are? Or are they human like the rest of us? And like, not to sound, I feel like this is going to make me sound so cocky, but I feel like I've been on the other end of that. And I feel like pretty much everyone has, like you've been the person they have on a pedestal. And you'll know that because as soon as you show human emotions or whatever, like as soon as like I act, um, what clinging, like that's a big one or, um, disagree with something or, you know, raise my voice, whatever. Like as soon as you do something where you're human and they're like, where is this coming from? This is not how I thought you were. I didn't think you were like this. And you're like, why are you reacting so aggressively to this? Because I'm just, I'm just being a human and that's kind of an indicator that they had you on a pedestal and they were in a relationship. Mm -hmm. I love the way you said that. Like they're in a relationship with the person in their mind. I know I've put crushes on a pedestal. hundred. I put every crush on a pedestal. I feel like, I, but I want to say we're all guilty of that. Like, I, I don't want to be alone. Um, you put your crushes on a pedestal, but then I feel like early on in relationships, um, I get put on a pedestal. And I think that's like why a lot of them end up as situationships because you're dating someone who either you have on a pedestal or they have you on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as it's, you guys act like the humans you are, it's like, Nope, the facade is gone. I'm going to peace out. Yep. Mm -hmm. I, I've been in, I've been in a, a, a situation where, and it's, it's like a couple of times because I try, because my thing is like, I try consciously not to, to do bad things or make mistakes and uh, things of that nature. So whenever, whenever it seems like you're not, you're making minimal mistakes or you're correct a lot of times, it's because I just, I avoid choosing the wrong option. How about that? <laughs> they think you're perfect. Whenever yes. they, and, and whenever you're, you're right a lot, if you're right a lot and too much, and this is where I need to slow myself down, but they're like, oh, well, you're just perfect. And you're just Mr. You just miss, you're just Mr. Know-it-all and blah, blah, blah. And it's like a lot of times they're like, you need to find somebody better for you because like sometimes they'll feel inadequate. Like they're not worth, like you're, they're not worth your time. Mm -hmm. and it's like, look, no, like I'm not perfect. Like I just try to... I guess avoid like making the wrong decisions. I'll sit back and I'll think about what's going on before I make an action. It's like, it's just like you said, I'm very like logical and I want to make sure that I make the, the right choice overall or minimize the risk. Like that's, that's usually what I do. And I make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. Well, I mean, that's look at, um, 
I know, um, I don't know if I want to say a lot of people, but I've had a couple friends tell me that they, it looks like I have it all together. And I'm like, I know it looks that way. A, I don't feel that way ever. I feel like I'm figuring it out every single day, but also I, I, there's, you can never give me credit for always having my shit together because I moved to another state where I didn't know anyone for a scam job for minimum wage and then had to take a retail job in order to pay my electricity. But after it got shut off because I couldn't pay my electricity because I was working for a scam job for a month. So we, and you did the same thing. You worked for a scam job too. So like, Whereas, yeah, we do deserve a lot of credit and we do a lot of times have our shit together. There, in no way should anyone be put on a pedestal because we all have stories like that. Like we've all yes. done things that were really dumb and that, I mean, I feel like my parents look at that and they're like, well, we tried to tell you not to leave. And it's like, yeah, I got to make my own mistakes. I got to exactly. make my own mistakes. Well, got to make your own mistakes. That's, that's how it is. No. So. And no, nobody's perfect. We all, we all live our live our lives exactly. Like, yeah. And sometimes, like it can be really healthy. Um, it makes you feel a little crazy, but a little healthy to try and find the flaws in other people. Because, I mean, we've both said like I'm so guilty of thinking someone's perfect, and then trying to acknowledge those flaws because nobody's perfect, and that's okay. Like we're you're also not searching for the perfect person to be your partner. You're not searching for this flawless person to be your partner, but you also have to acknowledge that they are human and you got to find the other human who's most compatible with you. I feel like that sounded so stupid. It sounds so much better in my head. No, no, no. That's, that's good. That's good. That's good. Like you have to find the person who's right for you, who's perfect for you, for you but not yeah. perfect. Yes. That's, that's what I wanted to say. But the way I said it was you have to find another human. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, some people are, you know, marrying objects and stuff. Like I mean, power. hey, you know what? My strange addiction—they're uh—they're yeah, on there. You on that show? Well, um, we only have a couple minutes left. So, how? What I wanted to do in the end was I wanted to run through some like questions for guys, quote unquote. And I tried to think of like a few that I think a lot of people would have. So, I'm gonna run through them kind of fast and just answer like what comes to mind first okay yep. also i already sent you these questions so like you should kind of already be like ready oh. um okay so what do you think about a girl messaging you first or i guess asking for your number that's fine that that just that just shows that they're interested in me like i do and i don't have to play games like it's it's good. I like that. I, I actually like that. They approach you. That means they actually like you. Yes. Like that's, that's a good thing. Okay. So same for like a girl asking you out. Oh yeah. 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 As long as they haven't been like a, a, a stalker behind me all the time. Just like, can I ask you out? Like, no. Brandon just literally looked over his shoulder when he said that. Like, are you looking for somebody literally was like, let themselves in your apartment. Um, Okay, how about like double texting, triple texting, any anything like that, like sending multiple messages? All right, so I don't I don't go by that whole oh if they don't send you if they send you like three or four messages in a row is desperate. Like sometimes people just got a message, but I've noticed that a lot of other people go by that rule. So it's sort of like you you want to play it by the person. Like some people like. 
they'll send a message and they'll wait. And then you can, you can just tell the rhythm of how people send messages. And if they send it back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, that usually means they like you and it's not like a bad thing. Okay. So just kind of play that one by ear. Like if sometimes if they're like triple texting you, then yeah, triple text. Well, okay. So right on that, how about like, um, being left on red? Like if a guy, if so specifically when guys are leaving girls on red and it does it count as a caveat if say I sent you something that doesn't necessarily require a response, like. Like for me, since I use Android, you know, typically I don't see that. So it doesn't really matter to me that much. But if I'm using like a messenger app, being left on red, depending on, I guess, how long and what time of day it is, like. Maybe they're at work. We don't know. Maybe they're out and about busy. Maybe they're doing something with their hands. You never know. It depends on how long it takes for them to respond. If it's like a, like a day and a half or something like that, yeah, that's a, no. You just, you just chop that up and just see, just see how they see how their next response comes in whenever they actually do respond. Like what what they say. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Um, and I feel like a lot of guys say like, LOL, do you think like as girls, what are we supposed to say back to LOL? Like, should we ask another question? Should we drop the combo? Like, cause I feel like dudes or you guys will be like, send a thumbs up, like, or a smiley face. Like, is that you trying to end the conversation or do y'all not know what to say? Like, should we continue to initiate? Like, what do we do with those man responses? I never send thumbs up. I feel like thumbs up is like, I don't know. I think thumbs up is like a stop talking to me. In my, in my opinion, (laughs) thumbs up is a, is a ha ha. Yeah. Okay. But, but, but LOL and smiley face, just like you said, it's usually like, all right, I don't know what to say. So I'm a LOL this and uh, wait to either think of something next or wait for them to say something next. Okay, so not necessarily an end to the conversation, but a thumbs up is an end to the conversation. That's how I feel. I don't give girls thumbs up. That's just weird. You never give somebody a thumbs up in real life. Just don't, unless they're a little kid. You don't give them thumbs up. I I feel so called out right now. Um, I do. You stop giving people thumbs up. I guess I now I will because I was just called out. I feel like a, I feel like such a nerd right now. Okay, um, should the guy pay on the first date? Also, should the girl offer? The guy should always pay on the first date, mm-hmm. and the girls the girl should offer. Yeah, the girl should offer, but. <laughs> You know, it's a fake offer, so it should always be a fake offer. It should be a bluff. <laughs> yeah, it should be a bluff. And if, if anything other than him paying happens, like, like mm-mm, you, you never talk to him ever again. It's like, no, no, we can split it, though. You know, no, mm-mm, mm-mm, you better pay for that. <laughs> yeah, peace out. Yeah, split means not a good job. I've done that before. I, I've been on a date where I was like, you know what? The, the as soon as the wait the waiter came up there, I was like, I'm like, oh, you guys want your check? I was like, yeah, you can split it. You can go ahead and split it. If they do that, it was not a good date. Oh, so I've done okay. that. I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, can we? Can I get out of this? 
like, yes, thank you, thank you for asking for this chick. Yeah, I can split. I'm not paying for for this bad experience. That's a that's a good note. So if the dude wants to split it, sorry, ladies, it sounds like it was not a great date for him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. Now here's an important one. Um. What do you consider clingy, and is it a bad thing? Mm, what I consider clingy would be like say say the guy's is on his own time but the girl wants like like you you say you're busy or you're doing something the girl wants like continuous attention that's what i would say would be the the clingy clingy type thing if they're not i'm not saying if they are around you but if they're not around you say i'm at home fixing something I'm like oh yeah I'm busy doing x y or z and then you know you continue texting like a whole paragraph of stuff and trying to continue a conversation that's what I would consider clingy and uh and I, also what I consider clingy is say you're trying to you're trying to hang out with your friends you're trying to you you made plans to do something with your friends but the girl like gets upset that you're hanging out with your friends rather than them because typically a guy would, if you're in a in a relationship or trying to court somebody, he would make like a lot of time for the girl if he likes her, rather than uh you know with his friends. So he'll he'll have a little bit of scheduled out time with his friends, and whenever he's doing it, and he finally gets around to doing something that he would have done while he was single, that he probably did all the time, that he probably like minimized a lot. And whenever he finally gets back to that thing, you're like, oh, why are you doing that instead of giving me attention? That's why I consider clingy. It's like, nobody likes that. It's like, so, oh. I feel like, and I feel like as ladies, we can control ourselves with those. Well, those are all that we have time for today because I have to head, head back to the real world since we're recording in the afternoon. But thank you, Brandon, for your answers. I think your seven things you may not notice as a red flag were awesome. I think those were really insightful. Um, so thank you for doing your research, homework. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm glad that you invited me on the podcast, on this live podcast. This live, yeah, as close to live as we're going to get. <laughs> exactly. And I hope you guys enjoy and catch Jilly Bean over here on her podcast on what was it? Bean, what's it called? What's the thing? Bean, Bean Pod? What? what Podbean, what? yeah. Podbean, Podbean. But catch also it. Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm very official. Oh, ooh. yeah. We, I don't I don't talk about Apple products. It's a whole different conversation. But yeah, Spotify. <laughs> oh, that's good. That is nice. Yes, keep it up. Yep. All right, you guys. I know she's got to go. She's got a meeting to go to. Yeah. And hopefully this won't be the last time I, I talk to you guys. So you have a good one. Better not be. Thanks, Brandon. <laughs> nope.